0: All right, welcome back to the big program, 8 o'clock. As we get set with that music, you know it's only one thing. It can mean only one thing. On the mark, powered by Booster Juice, visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize or download the new Booster Juice rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy as we welcome in Mark Spector to the show, Kevin Carrius, Eddie Steele, and now Spec in beautiful Florida, FLA. How was the trip yesterday, Speck?
1: Oh, uh, was a good trip, uh, solid, you know, 12 and a half hours door to door. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder why they built Edmonton so far away from everybody else.
0: <laughs> you know, so you went to Toronto and then you had some Elks fans and the cheer team on the plane? Yeah, yeah flew all the way to Toronto
1: uh, with all the Elks cheer team and a bunch of people all had the great cup. I was a little bit jealous, I got to admit. I'm uh, I'm happy to be here covering the orders. It's going to be fun. It's you know I'm looking forward to these games, but I won't mm-hmm. lie to you. I had a little pang of man. I wouldn't mind getting <laughs> off that plane and heading over to the Spirit of Edmonton room for uh, Thursday night, which is always one of the great nights at the Spirit Room.
2: Oh. Uh, the FOMO the <laughs> like is real. Have a good time, boy. We were talking about that spec. I, I said the same thing, man. I I I love watching the Great Cup and stuff, but I wish I could be there. That there's nothing like Great Cup Week.
1: Yeah, the perfect the perfect great cup week is you go in Thursday morning and you have tons of fun Thursday, Friday. You go to the Spirit uh, breakfast Saturday morning, have another night Saturday night and then you get a plane home Sunday morning and you watch the game on your couch. That's the perfect great cup weekend. <laughs> I
0: love it. You know, I was we were talking about it yesterday the the two great cups uh in Regina back in the day. I was I covered the first one in 95. Uh, that was Baltimore and Calgary. It was just wild because, first of all, you know, the Grey Cup was always in Toronto, was in the Sky Dome, or was always in BC, in BC Place, indoors. And for them to have it in Regina on the prairies, it was it was chilly, but it was a zoo. Wild, I bet. It was a zoo. Uh, one of the biggest things I've covered, or best things I've covered, because it was yeah. just crazy. So.
1: Yeah, Regina Grey Cup special. I did one. the The Eskimos back then mm-hmm. played in one, didn't they? They beat uh, Montreal, I think. That was the two thousand three uh,
0: one. Twenty years ago. Yep.
1: Yeah, don't ask me the year. Yeah. That's, what, that's what that was twenty years ago. Aye, yeah, aye, aye, aye. uh And tons of fun. Tons of fun. The Eskimos were a really good team. The Regina opens up it, our its arms and. You know, they're partying outside. I mean, they throw some heat under those tents, but you're wearing a party in your parker, right? That's what it was in Regina. They weren't lying.
0: Oh,
2: yeah. The pills keep you warm.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah. The pill is right. Yeah. Amongst other things. Yeah. I'm getting the sweats right now. Just thinking about those days back. (laughs)
1: hey let's talk hockey all right
0: big guy so uh oilers and tampa bay tomorrow afternoon tilt Uh, what do you i've kind of been saying that this week spec that the oilers seem to elevate their game and play better against better teams do you think we'll see that tomorrow
1: well they're they're um i think you have to elevate your game from the game you you ran out for the first 40 minutes in Seattle. Seattle. Mm -hmm. You know, I think everybody watched that game. Didn't see an Oilers team that, that looked frankly desperate enough for the situation they're in. We're going to get that. You guys, I know what the standings say. They're still in 31st place. They're still eight points out from a playoff spot. Despite winning three in a row, you're just not going to see a team playing playoff style hockey for the next 65 games. It's just not going to happen. So, I know the Seattle effort made people go, man, these guys should be trying harder. And Mm -hmm. this is still a long season. They got their points out of that game. But I'm here to tell you that in this building, uh, it's going to take a little bit more than that. You probably aren't going to be able to put out that effort and walk out feeling good about yourself Saturday against Tampa.
2: Spec, it's been a small sample size with the new coach and uh, his scheme, his systems and everything. What are you seeing with the team, just your naked eye and being around the the team? Is it a difference in their confidence? Is it the system that's making a difference? What do you think?
1: Well, I'm not seeing a huge difference difference in the system that they're playing. I'm not seeing a completely different team, which is I think we all knew, and the coach said, "You can't just walk in the door and install a new system in two days." But what I think the quality that we're seeing that they ha- that they had lacked earlier in the season was the quality is, is patience. They're hanging in games. They're they're not when they're down one nothing. They're not panicking and trying to tie the game as fast as they can. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Islanders score forty seconds in and they are chilled. Uh, is do we do we? You know, I'm I'm not saying that Woodcroft was pushing them to try to catch up right away and make big mistakes. He wasn't, right? No coach does. But for some reason, the one quality I can say to Eddie that I've seen of this team in the last what's it been? It's been three ga- two games. Yeah. Right. Only two games. Uh, they've been they've managed to they've trailed in both games. And they haven't panicked. They haven't made the big ugly error that turns one nothing into two nothing. So I'm not sure that's game planning. I'm not sure that's that's
0: structure. Uh, it's more of a mental thing, but it's a really important mental thing. Mark Spector with us, Kevin Carey, Eddie Steele on Sports 1440. Spec, if I were to tell you again uh, at the beginning of the year that you know, what are we, 15 games in, that let's just say Connor McDavid was fifth in league scoring, you'd go. Well, yeah. There's some guys ahead of him. Some guys are off to a good start. He's fifth on the team in in team scoring, which is almost befuddling. So that means you know that he's going to be picking it up, and it's almost like a, a little bonus here that you're going to get a little a little kick, a little uh, jump. So once he gets his game going, and Leon's kind of getting going, you think uh, again. Once these two guys go, I mean, the team just follows. That's the way it is. It should. Assuming
1: they go, you know, assuming they go. Listen, I don't know anything about why those two players aren't performing and and putting up points to their usual production. I'm here to tell you, I've said all year that either the rest, every other guy in the league got faster, Kev, Mm -hmm. or McDavid is slower. And McDavid's not slower because he's not in shape or because he doesn't want to be quick or he doesn't feel like being explosive. If McDavid's slower, it's because he's injured. I don't know what the injury is. I assume it's the same thing that got him before that Heritage Classic. But I I watch him every day. He's Mm -hmm. not as explosive. He's Mm -hmm. not getting away from guys. He's not skating around guys, catching guys flat-footed. That's gone. And so I guess I'm going to ask you, are you sure that, you know, do we have a timetable for when that returns? Because I'm not so
0: sure his production returns
1: until his explosiveness
0: returns. I just see it in spurts, spec, Right? That's where I'm seeing it. You see it like a little bit, and then it's not like he can sustain it. You see it early in the game, mm-hmm. yeah, and then you don't
1: see it after about the 15 minute mark for the rest of the night, really, hmm. right? And that's that tells me that he's got he's got an injury. He's injured. Now, explain to me the the power play. The power play is not based on Conor McDavid's explosiveness. Obviously, he, he does the zone entries with his incredible speed, and he's the human zone entry, frankly. Mm-hmm. But the power play isn't based on Connor McDavid being the fastest guy. It's based on puck movement. It's based on Leon Dreisaitl's one-timer. It's based on a bunch of smart guys knowing what play to make. How come that power play unit has been... Um, Nowhere close to what we saw last year. What's the answer there?
0: My answer to that is that other teams have gone through everything and said we're not going to let Leon beat us down low. We're going to take that away, and we'll we'll take our chances and let Bouchard pump them from the top, and we'll see what happens if a bounce comes our way, their way. We'll see what happens there. But we're not. We're going to take away the seam pass to Leon, and to be quite frank, every time there's been an opportunity, Leon's missed the net by several feet the last two, two, three, four, five attempts. That's my opinion on the power play that other teams have figured out what they, what they want to let the Oilers have. And they'll say, we'll take the lesser of two evils. We'll give them this. We're not going to give them that.
1: So Eddie, you know, this in football, like there's always something available, right? There's always something available. You just got to figure out what it is and the way often you're, you're going off of what the other team's given you uh, and you take it. And why can't the Oilers, if they're taking away dry saddle, then there's something else available. And it's not just a point shot, right? If they're they're leaning towards the right side of your formation to make sure that dry saddle doesn't get his one-timer, there's got to be options on the left side that's just how power plays work so how come they can't find it
2: yeah and what I'm seeing too just with my naked eye I'm watching the power play and they're not moving the puck around as efficiently as crisply as they have been in the past that their standard has been set so high And like who's kidding who they're still clipping at 25% most teams would love to be at 25% but there's some teams right now that are up and above 30% right now and the Oilers have set that high standard and we're so used to seeing Chris passes and i'm just not seeing that right now out of this unit
1: no and i think we have to remember that i i can th- i can think of three goals at least by the second unit here mm-hmm. right and yeah. last year the second unit never played so the power play percentage really pertained only to the first unit i'm going to say mm-hmm. uh take away those three goals and 25 i'll bet you it's going down to 20 the- so this to me that's an important part here if if I, this team can't win if McDavid and Drysdale don't produce, you know, if if they're not going to produce the top 10 in the league, that's it's going to make it really hard for Edmonton to win because that's how they're built. But if that happens and their power play goes down to m- mere mortal numbers, I'm not sure they'll have enough offense, guys.
2: So we know that they got their work cut out for them. It's a pretty difficult road trip too. You know, they got some good competition they're facing. Uh, in a perfect world, they get all the points they can. In your mind, what would be considered a successful road trip points wise here?
1: Well, you know, are we? Do we make this judgment on a normal season? Because in a normal season, I'd say 500 on the road is what you want. Mm-hmm. Successful teams are 500 on the road and 650 at home, or whatever they are, 700 at home. Uh, but we might, you know, we're they've dug such a hole that maybe they got to get five points out of eight. Yeah. Maybe they got to get six points out of eight. Mm-hmm. And this is where it becomes a little unrealistic. You can't send my any team on the road and tell them, you got to play 750 hockey or it's it's unreasonable. That's just not how sports work, right? You don't go 750 on the road. So, you know, let's start with two wins. excuse me, start with two wins and try to squeeze out a loser point in Mm -hmm. one of the other two games, and that's a successful road trip.
0: One other thing we saw, just to double back to the power play spec on the game on uh, Wednesday night against Seattle, the power play that they got in the second period, the first unit went off about a minute and five seconds in. Normally that hasn't happened. So I think think we're going to see a little more balance. We'll see a little more balance. Well, I think it's...
1: Partly, and there's two things on that, Kev. I've watched this too. The power, the second units had way more time this year. So why is that? The because the first unit's not successful. Not successful. That's right. There were times when the puck never left the zone and it ended up in the net. The second unit never even was a consideration. Now we're looking at you know they kind of give themselves about three icings. The first unit. <laughs> right and now we're seeing the other team get to three and the first unit says okay we had our shot we're out of here we didn't see that very often last year the other team barely ever got to three Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's just a sign as you said the reason the second unit's getting more time is because the first unit isn't having the success it was used to
0: you think we see connor brown tomorrow
1: i think so i'm going to practice here and They practice in an hour 45 in Tampa here. Mm -hmm. I think we'll see him tomorrow just judging by what, you know, the workload we've watched him in practice so far. Uh, I think so, but, you know, (laughs) I'll tell you after practice today, we might get a good feel. You know what I want to know? Here's what I want to know. We're going to get to know our new coach today. Because if he is ready to play, we're going to ask the new coach, is Carter Brown ready to play? And if I, I'll be interested to know if if he will reveal that, or if he's one of those coaches that says, yeah. you know, let's face it, Carter Brown's a third, fourth line winger right now. Is he is he concealing his third and fourth line wingers, or is he going to tell us who's playing? Mm-hmm. I'm kind of interested to find out.
0: Hey, on that subject, spec, did was it just me, or did you think like? And then just to get back to Jay Woodcroft, one thing I felt this year he was a little more secretive of stuff than he was last year. Did did you feel that too, or what? Maybe a little.
1: Yeah, maybe a little. You know, my experience with coaches is the more pressure, the more times, the more things get sketchy, the more they draw in and the more they withhold information. Mm -hmm. I want to say to you, and this isn't a shot at Jay Woodcroft because I've covered lots of coaches in lots of sports. A hockey coach... that's that's so worried about his lines that he practices one line on Tuesday and then uses different lines in the game that night. A a coach that won't tell you who his fourth-line winger is going to be because he thinks it's a competitive advantage for the other team. I'm here to tell you, Kev, the other coach isn't changing his game plan because you got a different fourth-line winger or third-pairing defenseman. He barely cares, okay? yeah. So I feel like those coaches that sweat those tiny tiny things in the media, they're they're they should they'd be better served to take that concern and angst and place it other <laughs> places. Those aren't the hills to die on, man. Man, you're starting goalie in a preseason game tomorrow. Just tell people because no <laughs> one really cares that much.
2: It's so true. I I feel in pro sports coaches overanalyze things so much and they just are overthinking things and you're right yep. you're not you're not kidding anybody you're not getting one over these coaches know they see the lineup they see the depth chart come on mm-hmm. football's
1: the worst sport for it i think of all isn't it
2: it, it is it is and it's all about um like you say, it's it's a power thing, right? And you're trying to trying to hide and be secretive. But at the end of the day, everything is transparent. Other teams, other organizations know exactly what's going on with the injury report, exactly what's going on with the depth chart.
0: So, what are we doing? Why hide?
1: Yeah, I, Our, I feel the same way.
0: Yeah, Speck, you got to get to the pool this morning for a little quick dip, too, <laughs> don't you? <laughs>
1: What's hey, a- listen, pal, it's a lot better than waking up at 6.45 a.m. on the West Coast to <laughs> do this
0: shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I already talked to the Duke about that. Next time you go on the West Coast, we're going to flip things over. And, you know, I think maybe we'll get you right off the hop at 7. How's that sound? That'll be 6 on the West Coast. Yeah, oh, that'd be awesome, man. Yeah, I'm all over
2: that. Hey, Speck, don't forget the sunscreen, man. Yeah, okay.
1: I got you, boys. Hey, have a great day up there. I'll be uh, yeah. slugging out at a practice rink, and uh, I don't know. Is there a football game in this town tonight? Oh, what the hell's the guy do on a you Friday got lots camp? of
0: You got lots of high school to, to choose from and whatever you want, man.
1: Yeah, there you go. Go okay, talk, boys.
0: Hook up with Rod Peterson. We just had Rod Peterson on. Give him a call. He'll take you out in the oh, town. Sounds good. Okay, thanks, Beck. That's uh, On the Mark, Energized by Booster Juice. Get the boost you need at Booster Juice. When we come back, Jeff Merrick from Rogers Sports Night and our headliner of the day that's coming up, with Karius Steele on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the headliner of the day brought to you by Mr. Rooter. They are sports fans like all of our listeners and our Pump Sports Talk Radio is back. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrreuter.ca as we welcome in Jeff Merrick from Rogers Sportsnet. Jeff here with Kevin Karius, Eddie Steele. Good morning. How are you? Uh,
3: I'm doing well, Kev. Good morning. Eddie, how are you?
0: Doing excellent, Jeff. Doing excellent, man. Are you a
3: big great cup guy, Jeff? You you know what? Somewhere along the way, and I don't know where it was... Uh, but I used to be a huge CFL fan as a kid. Now this is the days when Warren Moon and Edmonton used to scotch the entire field, <laughs> and we came back with Conrad Holloway. But somewhere <laughs> along the lines, I, I kind of fell off. Um, I've been loving what the uh, the uh, um, the Argonauts have been able to do mm-hmm. the last couple of years, specifically this season until. You know, they ran into the Alouettes, but uh, I can't say that I, I spent a lot of time mm-hmm. with it, but I, I used to have a great Warren Moon poster in my, <laughs> in my bedroom. My dad put it up there. He said, that's right. just to remind you who the class of the CFL <laughs> is. I've never forgotten that from my dad.
0: You should have maybe got one of uh, Tom Wilkinson as well, side by side.
3: That would have been fantastic, right? And I always wanted. My dad was so mean; he was yeah. just, just come in and sneak in posters. Like I remember, went <laughs> uh, and it, this this post used to terrify me. My parents went to go see. You'll love this. My parents went to go see the premiere of Jaws. Oh. The movie, And while I was asleep, they handed out um, <laughs> posters at the movie of an actual uh, great white shark. And it's so like, mom and dad came home and they put it up on my wall. And when the hall light like sort of hit, hit the wall of my bedroom, it would be right on the shark and it would oh, terrify me. Wow. And like, that's the kind of stuff that my parents, this is is why my parents were never on the cover of today's parent magazine. But, uh, (laughs) we laughed about it later on. I was like, dad, like you used to torture me by putting (laughs) things on my wall that would, that would piss me off, whether it's Jaws, from the movie, or uh, or Warren Moon, he used to torture my out my uh, my uh, my uh, uh, As well. a
2: young dad myself, I love that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's why I had kids too, just to torture them. Yeah. That's all.
0: And I, I think yeah. I'm just a couple years older than you than you Jeff. So you're like six <laughs> seven years old when that Jaws movie comes out.
3: Oh, absolutely. And you, the thing was, like during the day, I wasn't scared of it, but I was too. <laughs> proud to let my parents know that i was scared of it oh, so i kept it there so i must have slept like months like under the covers every day so i wouldn't have to look at that poster anyway <laughs> and everyone knows today thanks for that memory <laughs>
0: and everyone knows the exact poster you're talking about like it's probably yeah. it's it would be the same poster that was that that Gord Downey had on his shirt right
3: yeah for that's, the, that's 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 the same one that's yeah. the same one and it would just and I, I I never saw the movie until years later. And here's okay, okay, now we're going deep into Jaws. So maybe this maybe this affected me profoundly. So uh, you're gonna get the, the the bit right away, although this is well before this player played in the NHL. My two boys' names are TJ and Brody. So yes, TJ Brody, whenever the Maple Leafs are playing or previous to Calgary Flames, you'd always sort of snicker, Oh look, TJ Brody, it's our two kids' names. But our second kid Brody. Um, so my wife got to pick our first kid's name, TJ. So it stands for Trent oh, James. That well, I was all her. she wanted Trent because she's a big Trent Reznor fan. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I get to pick our second kid. And I wanted my two favorite characters from Jaws, uh, Chief Brody and Quint, who are my two. Fa- <laughs> and she's like, hold on a second. You're not getting, you're not naming our kid from two characters from Jaws. So we <laughs> compromised and Brody Quint turned into Brody Quint. But I was close, guys. I was close to getting two characters from the movie Jaws. Maybe it all goes back to that. Now they think about it. They've yeah. taken his walk down memory. Maybe it all comes from that poster back in 76. Full
0: circle. Full so, yeah. circle.
3: Oh, Farewell
0: wow. and adieu <laughs> to your fair Spanish lady.
3: Uh, so good. Oh, uh, uh, and the, the 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 USS Indianapolis scene, oh. which I, I still think is one of the greatest pieces of of, of, of movie production yeah. ever of cinematography that ah, uh, we dropped the bomb, the yeah. Hiroshima bomb. Like, yeah. oh, still to this day, I still yeah. get the shivers even. So, and, you know, when I'm done with you guys, what do you think I'm going to go call up on YouTube here?
0: Yeah. Well, you drink to my leg, I'll drink to yours. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good we could go on all day. Oh, Jaws! it's still one problem. of the classic It's one of the best movies going for sure. Yeah, hands oh, down. Love hands that, down. that one. You know, I was, uh, wanted to ask you, too, did, did Kenny Reed ever ask you, because when he brought out his new book about, you know, players that never got, and, you know, hockey players we're talking about, that never got yeah. to where, you know, they wanted to, but just in a small hometown, did you have one of those guys? He asked me a question on, on that when we had him on. Did he ever ask you that one? Did, did, did you have one?
3: Yes, I did, and it's funny after I talked to Kenny about it on the air, this person actually got in touch with me because his daughter was listening to the show. The guy's name was Paul Sondercook, and he was hands down the best player I had ever seen. Well, there's actually two. There's one that I played with, and that was and that was Paul Sondercook, and like he was a guy that he grabbed the puck and no one could touch him. Uh, he ended up playing years later with the Henry Carr Crusaders. Mike Futa would have been on that team mm-hmm. as well, uh, but never really got, you know, deep into any type of pro career. The other one was a goaltender by the name of Bruce Dowie. And mm-hmm. Bruce Dowie played on the Toronto Marlboros and the, uh, then it was called the OHA, now the OHL. And my dad would take me to Maple Leaf Gardens and see the Toronto Toros and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the Maple Leafs would run a promotion where if he had Leaf tickets, he could also go see a Marley's game mm. free. And Bruce Dowie was always the goaltender. I thought he was about – I thought that he was, you know, the, the next coming of Terry Sawchuck mm. uh, at that time. He was incredible. A very, very brief cup of pro coffee career. Uh, but that's about it. But th- those are my two guys, Bruce Dowie and Netton. Paul Saundercook as a forward and just to make me feel old his daughter called and said were you talking about my dad on the radio oh, another day I feel old
0: Eddie did you have a guy when you were playing like in high school in Kelvin that you had like football let's change it to football a guy that you know you played with and Maybe yeah. didn't
2: make it to the CFL. Oh, absolutely. I played with, uh, especially in college, actually, more so at the University of Manitoba, played with some really, really high caliber guys. But one guy that stood out, his name was Simon Patrick. Actually, mm-hmm. he was from out here, Edmonton, Alberta okay. boy. And uh, the strongest human I've ever seen. He <laughs> would take two offensive linemen and just move them. Just mm. move. Them. He was built literally like a horse.
0: Like he was so wide, so broad, so strong. But yeah, never got the shot. Mm. You know, uh, Jeff, we were we had Rod Peterson on earlier and we were talking about Jerry James, who, because oh, wow. a great cup week, played yeah. for the Bombers, won four great cups for Winnipeg, and then with the Leafs at the same time. Yeah. I mean,
3: that's a really hell of a story. Too. There was, well, there was that one year where the whole team sort of blew up at the end. And listen, the the Smythe story of 57, when the Maple Leafs didn't qualify for the playoffs, and even before the season was over, uh, at a Board of Governors meeting in New York City, he held a press conference and just tore everybody apart and questioned their integrity. They didn't even take Jim Thompson, who was the captain on the road trip, Um, He was, at that time, trying to start the First Players Association or or First Players Union uh, in the NHL. um, And Smythe went after him publicly, went after Jerry James Hmm. publicly as well because he was leading the Maple Leafs at the end of that season to to go play football uh, with the Blue Bombers. And that killed that team. Like Hmm. uh, Thompson said, I'll never play for you again. Um, and it's true. He ended up with the Chicago Blackhawks. At that point, that was the place where all the all the ba- if you had a, a trouble player, you sent him to Chicago. <laughs> this is when the Norris family owned yeah. like three of the teams, and Chicago was the the outpost where you, you stuck the players you didn't like. But did uh, did did Rod tell you the story of the puke line?
0: No. What's that one?
3: Do you know the story? I with, don't. Uh, was Jerry James. So at the time, the the most one of the most famous lines. Well, not just at that time, but ever was the Ukaline, Bronco Horvath yes. and Johnny Busick and Vic Stazek, like, like you know, some like proud Ukrainian heritage there and really good players, like high end mm-hmm. players for the Boston Bruins.
0: And played for the Edmonton and- Flyers here. Horvath and Busick.
3: Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's well, where I, they came I, I, from, I don't, yeah. And I always remember Kelly Rudy telling me that Vic Stazick was always his, his favorite coach of uh, of all time, just like a, a wonderful man too. So that was the U line, and then in Toronto with Jerry James on the right wing, and they would have bumped up Duke Edmondson from defense up to the uh, up to the forward unit, along with Johnny Wilson, who was not just a you know a grinding hockey player, but also turned into a decent NHL coach as well. Um, they were your your perennial your fourth line. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys that were they weren't out there to. To handle the puck. As a matter of fact, you would have sworn that when they handled the puck, the puck had corners. Um, they were out there to cause a little bit of chaos, a rough and, rough and tumble line. And they named themselves, in honor of the Uke line, they called themselves the Puke line. <laughs> so that was the, uh, the the little joke there. But whenever I think of whenever I think of Jerry James, I think of the dismantling of that 57 Maple Leafs team and the Puke line. <laughs> Jerry James, bless them.
0: Oh. Well, and he, he went to the same high school as Eddie. In Winnipeg. Yeah, Kelvin High School.
3: No way. Now, is, is he uh, sort of, you know, uh, is he folklore there at that point? Because, you know, th- there is a tradition in, in the NHL and CFL of, of some players going back and forth. Um, but it's rare that, mm-hmm. you know, that like, you can't really imagine it now. no. no I mean, no, certainly no. we think about, you know, Bo Jackson did it. Um, uh, whether it's football, it's, Dion, it's yeah and Dion it's Sanders, But like it, hockey, baseballs,
0: ho- or you know, hockey, hockey and football, football, a little different than baseball football. Yeah,
3: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, is, a he, lot is, he, is he considered like a, a hero there? Yeah, he.
2: Especially, uh, we we're talking about the name this morning, and uh, I'm a little bit younger, so it really uh, I've only heard the name, but now as I flash through the memory bank here, uh, he he definitely has plaques up around the high school. So, yeah, that, that a, all makes
3: sense. There was a book written about him years yep. ago. I remember I'd always made a note to, to try to search it out and, uh, and read. I, I can't recall the title. I apologize. Mm-hmm. But I do remember there was a book written 10 years ago, 15 years ago, about Jerry James. Yeah. Either of you guys read that one?
0: Yeah, I, I have, actually. And, and I go actually way back with him, Jeff, to the mid-'70s. My dad hired him to coach the Melville Millionaires in 75 or so. That's fantastic. So we remember them that far back. So, uh, wow.
3: what do you? Uh,
0: you got to get going here, Jeff. Or do you have time for a couple more?
3: Yeah, I got a couple. Time for a couple more for sure.
0: What are you making of the uh, the global series out in uh, Stockholm, Sweden?
3: I love it. Yeah. I, I absolutely love it. Um, you know, I grew up in southwestern Ontario and watched a lot of either Toronto Maple Leaf or Buffalo Sabres games. Um, and one of my first hockey heroes was Boris Solman. Mm-hmm. And although he wasn't the first um, Swede. He was certainly the most, the the first successful Swede to play in the NHL. I still maintain that Boris Salming is one of the toughest players to ever play. Not that he was going to beat you up in a fight, but what he endured from teams like the Philadelphia Flyers and specifically players like Mel Bridgman and Dave Schultz, they could never stop him. Like he would just keep I you you could never get him to quit. So that was one of the first players that I ever identified with and in the 1976 Canada cup came along and being a proud Canadian kid, of course I'm cheering for Canada, but there's Borea Salming and <laughs> Hey dad, it's why is he playing on team Sweden? Why is he wearing number five and not wearing number 21? Uh, and that sort of began my, my, my love of international hockey. I was, I was too young for 1972. Um, but I think any time the NHL can take their product and put it in other, it doesn't necessarily have to be a hockey-mad country, but place it in other countries, it gives us a chance and a reason to talk about the history and the contributions um, that that country has made to hockey. So now we pause and remember how great Nick Lidstrom was. And I know, Bob, your fans don't like to hear this, But I consider Nicholson to be the best defenseman the NHL has ever seen. Um, You know, we could talk about Peter Forsberg, who, you know, when the Swedes first came over, because there wasn't any body checking in the offensive zone, they still played the two zones you can check and one zone you can't. um, They weren't a physical bunch of hockey players, and they got branded a specific way, which a lot of us took great delight in knowing that, you know, some years later, Peter Forsberg became the best power forward in the league and one of the most, you know, one of the most punishing body checkers to go along with elite-level skill. Um, so I think that this is a home run for the NHL. I know they've talked about doing it in, in Germany, maybe next season as well, as that country continues to, to pop as a legitimate international hockey force. Uh, Luke Robitaille, president of the Los Angeles Kings, has been talking openly about the NHL returning to England to go play games in London at O2 Arena. That was a smash success uh, in the mid 2000s with that uh, L.A. Anaheim series. So I'm a big fan of, you know, taking the NHL game and putting it in a different hockey culture just to see how it mixes. And what a great game to start. Right, Ottawa goes up to the four nothing lead. Detroit claws it back, and then Tim Stutzela. Excited. Uh, I don't know if he played any baseball growing up, but what a hit that was! And the Ottawa Senators win five four. We'll see what the Maple Leafs and the Red Wings have for an encore today.
2: Yeah, in my opinion on this, much like how the NFL is going abroad, money talks and explore these markets, tap into it. Totally, yeah. It's funny because we talk about the money, and I just really want to get your opinion on the team south of us here in Calgary. They're getting a new arena, and uh, what do you think is going to be... What stance do you think they're going to take here moving forward? Do you think they're going to be sellers here? Because uh, they got some interesting um, things going on with contracts, etc. with their guys yeah. currently on their roster. What's your opinion there?
3: Uh Flames are in a difficult, uh, really difficult position right now. Um, and that was a big one yesterday. I know Vancouver's playing a back-to-back, but good to see Jonathan Huberto. You he can't help but feel for the guy who scored his first goal in 11 games and that uh, that contract uh, sort of is acting like, a, like an albatross, not just around his neck, but the entire organization. It's, 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 it's bizarre, right? Because there's a couple of things happening at the same time. One, you have expiring contracts, whether it's Lindholm, um, whether it's Tanov, whether it's Adorov, whether it's Hannafin. So on the one hand, Craig Conway, the general manager, is looking to, look, if we're not going to resign these guys, we need to get assets in for them. But at the same time... You know, they've got Nazem Qadri on a long-term contract. They have Jonathan Huber, who's just now starting this massive deal. So on the one hand, they have to double down with the established veteran guys they have. And on the other hand, you know, they have to, you know, try to get pick up as many assets, young assets, draft picks, who knows what, you know, in exchange for the the Zdorov, and and the Hanifans of the world. So they're, They're kind of stuck in the spot where they're trying to do two things at the same time, which is why I wonder if they end up making these deals, as we all suspect, with these defensemen, if it's not just for futures or for draft picks, if they actually do try to say, you know what, we need to keep our head above water here. We need to double down and make this Huberto situation work. Maybe they just go out there and don't look for futures, but look for players instead. Hey, Jeff, what do you got cooking for your show today? You know, it's going to be a lot on the Global Series. I think Elliot and I are going to talk a lot about, well, you know what? I'll tell you what a hot-button issue is right now. We probably won't see what ends up happening until after the Calgary game on Saturday, but it's not good in uh, in Long Island right now with Mm -hmm. the Islanders. We'll talk a lot about that. Um, You know, you like Lane Lambert a lot, but it's not working, and it's not clicking at all. Uh, we wonder about a coaching change there. I don't think they'll do anything until the road trip is after, if they do anything at all. So those are a, a couple of the things that we have up for grabs on the show today.
0: Thanks for your time today. Enjoy the game coming up here in a few hours and the rest of the yeah. games this weekend.
3: Hey, listen, thanks to both you guys yeah. for a couple of things. Uh, uh, now I'm going to go watch the USS Indianapolis in some <laughs> Jaws. And thanks for letting me talk about Jerry James a little bit. Yeah. I can honestly tell you, when I woke up this morning, I, if you told me I'd be talking about Jerry James, yeah. Uh, I would have had a smile on my face, and I I do now. So thank you, two gentlemen, for well, allowing
0: could, me to do that. I'm, I'm gonna I'll get your text. I'm gonna text you a couple stories from a long oh, time ago. Then you it'll blow your mind.
3: Do it. I'm
0: in. 100%. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate your time. Be all right, well, Jeff. Be well, boys. That's uh, Jeff Merrick from Rogers Sportsnet, the Jeff Merrick Show uh, for Mister Rooter. There's a reason they call him Mister Our Headliner of the Day. For all your plumbing needs, go to Mister Eddie, are you in or are you out? I can't remember, out of the five ins or outs last week, did you have three ins, two outs? I think I had uh, three outs, two ins. Well, the last one was an in because it was the cream uh, and the the pastry. pastry. (laughs) (laughs) That's an in. That's the number one in, right? Uh, Commercial break. (laughs) (laughs) We're back with are you in or are you out with Eddie Steele on Sports 1440 right after the break. Stay with us had to get in some stones for eddie right Nice swan song been pretty quiet today duke not saying much it's almost like uh you had more to say after the jonas brothers the other night
4: well yeah (laughs) i had to i had to defend my honor the joe bro's honor the honor of integrity of good music and valid opinion Um, but I mean, hey, everything's, it's feel good Friday. Yeah. We're heading into the weekend. We got uh, some bull riding in town. We got that coming up later in the show. We got a nice Oilers matinee affair, Mm -hmm. football Sunday, great cup Sunday. What more could a guy ask for? It's a
0: big weekend. It's a big weekend. And the best part of it all is we kick it off now with, are you in or are you out? And the Duke of Delbertin, Brandon Douglas has come up with five outstanding topics again. We're going to keep track, Eddie, of your ins and outs. You say last week was three outs. Three outs, two two ins. Okay. All
4: All right. Getting going with today's topic and main topic being the Great Cup on Sunday. What I'm saying is that the Montreal Alouettes will, for a second straight weekend, complete the upset and come out victorious of the 110th Great Cup in Hamilton.
2: Do you want to go first? I'll take the lead on that. (sighs) I want to be in so bad. I do. My heart is in, Mm -hmm. but the reality of it is Winnipeg's going to win this game. I am out. I'm going to go.
0: I'm in. I'm going to ride the wave. Uh, Even though I was not totally in on the Alouettes, I did say they were a sleeper, and that was before the playoffs even started, right? I think we're talking about... Two, three games left in the season? Yeah, you did. You did. So I'm going to say I'm in on the Owls pulling off the upset, and I'm pulling for Jason Moss. Coach Moss.
4: Topic number two, uh, NBA in-season tournament uh, resumes some group play tonight. But one of the bigger topics on everybody's mind after Adam Silver's comments this week is expansion for the NBA. And we've seen uh, the confirmation that the Oakland Athletics are headed to Mm -hmm. Vegas. Seems like a prime destination for an NBA team. But what I'm saying is that Vancouver is the best fit for an NBA expansion team?
0: I am so out on this. It's not even funny. Vancouver is a terrible sports town. (laughs) They stink out there. They don't care about their sports as much as they should because they are very lucky with a beautiful city. And, I mean, let's just be honest. They really didn't give a crap about the Lions for many, many years. Yeah. They didn't give a, a, a rat's ass about the Grizzlies when they were there. So, if I'm going to say it's going to be Vegas or whatever. I would take Seattle back in the NBA over Vancouver.
2: Uh, I would have to agree. I, I'm out on Vancouver. I would take Seattle over Vancouver as well. I got a lot of buddies from uh, back there out out west who grew up loving the Grizz, but at the end of the day, they didn't have any support at all. And I don't think you go, you bring them back, sure, you'll get a couple mm-hmm. sellouts initially, but I don't think you'll have that, that momentum to carry through an NBA season.
4: Topic number three, the Oilers on the road for four games uh, heading into next weekend. But to start off tomorrow matinee with Tampa Bay, what I'm saying, Connor Brown will score his first goal as an Edmonton Oiler on this road trip.
2: I am out on that. (laughs) I'm out that he'll score his first. He, He has been coming. His play has been coming along up until the injury here. But he's going to be too focused on that three milli. The the minute he plays that 10th game, that check hits, and he'll
0: be focused on that check. Well, maybe that takes his mind off it. Plays looser, pops one. So I'm going to go. I am in on Connor Brown scoring his first goal on this road trip. Got to get in the lineup first. Let's worry about that. Fair enough. But I'm going to go. I'm in on Connor Brown getting off the schneid and scoring one.
4: Number four, uh, NLB handing out their final awards last night. Ronald Acuna Jr. and Shohei Ohtani named unanimous MVPs of their respective leaves. First time that's happened in the history of the award. And yes, what Shohei's able to do on both sides of the ball is incredibly impressive. But Ronald Acuna Jr. will go down as the best baseball player of this generation. You
0: you want me to go first? Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I'm uh, one of the biggest... Acuna Jr. supporters and fans going. But I am out on this only because of what Shohei Ohtani has done, will do moving forward. If, you know, you're going to have to take next year out of the mix because he won't be pitching. He will be pitching, I assume, after two years. And what he has done, both on the mound and at the plate, never been done before, ever. Babe Ruth was the last guy that did similar things. But I will go No, he is not. I am out on being the best baseball player of his generation. And
2: what scares me about Shohei is the surgery. You know, you hope that he can get back to the level that he was at in terms of being able to pitch. We know he's just hitting this upcoming season, but if he's able to come back the following year and pitch at a fairly high level again, it's got to be Shohei because what he has done so far in his career has never been done, and uh, I don't think we will see that at all in the near future. So I'm out on uh, Ronald as well.
4: And keeping it Canadian as we steer away from the world of sports for number five. uh, (laughs) Get the stomach growling again, like we did yesterday, chatting with Pizza or about Pizza with Laddie. Queen's Donair, one of the OGs. I'm saying Queen's Donair is the best place to get a Donair in the capital region.
2: Yeah, que- that's good. <laughs> it, it is quality there. There's so many good Donair joints in the region here. Uh, I'm a primetime guy. I like primetime. They, prime they got time. a good quality Donair there. There's a lot of just low-key spots, too. Some mom-and-pop shops that I don't even remember the names of, but they're just at the corners that are real nice and, and juicy donaires. But, yeah, primetime. Primetime. I'll just go.
0: I'll go. I'm in for Queen Donair. Only because- Sorry, I'd be out. That you're be out. Duke, uh, Duke, okay, just wait. Before the Duke, because the Duke's probably the connoisseur of donairs I'm
4: such a big donair guy. Okay, oh, I love so them. I'm
0: going to go, I'm in only because I haven't had a donair, I'll be honest, for quite some time, but back in the day when we were running, it seemed like he ended up at Queen Donair quite a few times at three or four in the morning. Some later more. hours of yes. the morning, Yeah. yeah. But again, haven't had one in a while because, you know, this body's a temple. Lady. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, you treat it right. All you put in that thing is monkey bread. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, okay, Duke. So this is your expertise.
4: Yeah. Um I do love Queens, and right. much like you, Kevin, a uh, regular visitor, some at later hours, whether it be the one on White Avenue, there was one right beside, I assume it's still there, but I, uh, <sighs> Knoxville's Cavern, or previously Oil City Roadhouse, is no longer uh, there downtown, uh, Queens right next door to that. Yep. Um, so ducking in there very regularly, but that's this is why I put this, you, you always yeah. get on me, Kevin, yeah. about the caveats I put on this, I said Capital Region, the best oh. donaire I have had is in Red Deer, at Quality Donair is what it's called. It used to be inside of really? an Esso gas station. Quality. Just off 32nd Street. Now it's... So a is it on Gasoline Alley? No, no? it's okay. right on Gates Avenue, kind of right down okay. the main strip on the south side of Red Deer. If you're in the neighborhood, I cannot recommend it enough. But in Edmonton and area, I love primetime as well, Eddie, but I think Queens is the, the classic, keeping it true, keeping it classic is the best.
2: Hmm. I'll have to put this
0: quality to test next
2: time I'm <laughs> oh, down in Oh, next time the you're area. down in the region, so-
4: Eddie, I cannot recommend it enough.
0: Okay, right. like you did a game last week, uh, Friday night in the Delburn Arena, right? Mm-hmm. So would you make a little quick loop and maybe sniff one out uh, before the
4: game, after? Usually, I like to stop in in Red Deer and grab, but uh, treat myself to something that I that's not available up here uh, on my way home on either a Sunday or Saturday afternoon, like after I've uh, completed the game. Mm-hmm. But since I came back last Saturday night after pounding uh, spikes <laughs> all day, building corrals <laughs> at the farm, um, it was... Closed already at that time of night, which was disappointing, but uh, it is usually one of my go-to stops anytime (laughs) I'm back down in a central AB.
0: Quality. You know, it's funny. Now we are getting tons of texts in about the Donairs, uh, Duke. Uh, The Queen Donair, uh, this is from uh, John Gilly. Brandon. John Gilly,
4: Gilly? friend of the program.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, The Queen Donair on Jasper is now kitty corner across the street where the old Mayfair Hotel used to be. Saw it on the way to the Heritage Classic. Charles Smart on white was the bomb.
4: Huh. I have to assume that that is with so, the past tense of and that, meaning it is no longer in operation. So, like,
0: did you used to crush these donairs too, Eddie? Or oh, of course. Come yeah. on, Kevin. Yeah. You know, you're
2: out stumbling around at <laughs> two, 2 3 in the morning, and it's either a donair or McDonald's.
4: <laughs> <laughs> the two go to's. Yeah. What about some pizza? Like, yeah. Like, uh, when I was at the U of A and this, I think they still get Like you can type in a discount code on Domino's, Domino's. website and you get 50 like 50% 50, off. It's not 50% anymore, but that's what it was. And so the key was though, you had to order it early enough because they don't deliver after a certain yeah, time, whereas some of the Donair and McDonald's are like 24-7, you can just pop it on your walk yeah. home or whatever. An
2: unpopular opinion here, but Pizza 73 has the great pizza and wing. Their golden the wings crispy wings. wings are Ooh. so good, Eddie. Oh so my when God. you can get a little pizza on top and then underneath, you got the wings and fries.
0: And they always throw those curly fries Ooh, in there too. Talk so. to me, baby. Uh, the most authentic Halifax Donair in the city is a Blower's, and Grafton is at Blowers and Grafton. That's just a fact. It comes from J-Mac. Blowers and is Donairs is an Atlantic Canada thing. That's where it originated. Really?
4: There is some people that disagree with that that say okay. Edmonton is actually the birthplace of Donairs. There's an argument. We're going to be talking about yeah. yeah. I do think that the Atlantic angle is the more popular one, but there are some staunch defenders mm. that Edmonton is the um, birthplace of the, like, the current form of a Donair. Yeah. Did
0: you guys see that, that Donair costume that was going around? That
4: was so funny. That thing went oh, for, it like, go for
0: a couple grand. No, that tent? thing went for like 12, 13. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah Would yeah. you ever dress up in a Donair? Well, any?
2: you know, my first <laughs> job actually as a young 11 or 12 year old was a clown for a flower shop in Winnipeg standing at the curbside waving the cars. Really? Yeah, man. I was pulling a paycheck at 12 years. You know, we were and talking about. And you're free it. flowers
0: too? I bet oh, I, of course, yeah. of
2: course, but I had to put the makeup on and stuff. <laughs> hey, you laugh, but you were out there peddling ice cream I was nine Dickie years D old. I was Dickie Ice Cream, man. Dickie yeah, Ice Cream. You got to grind. huh Yeah. Gotta get it! Oh man, <laughs> another
0: great show. Had a blast with you again, Eddie. So, what are you going to do for you? Just going to watch the Great Cup at home, kind of thing. Yeah, we were going to
2: get together with some former teammates, get the families together, mm-hmm. and uh, but there's some sick young ones, Ooh. so probably just going to hang, hang low key, and watch it at home. And like we talked about, get some good food, good snacks, get some shrimp. So you're some probably going to
0: get the wings going ah, for
2: sure. There's no probably. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I actually, I like to buy just raw wings from Costco and air fry them myself and then Mm. get them all seasoned up after.
0: Nothing like it. I will be having four, four racks of back ribs going you will be having three that you're eating <laughs> i'll tell you what you make a special guest appearance and there'll be a couple there'll left for a you few? okay all right thanks very much for coming in Eddie. we'll see you uh next week have a great weekend all right boys have a good one when we come back we'll have some open time uh duke and i will shoot the breeze about maybe uh thursday night football lots of storylines there with injuries and such uh 9 20 Deandra Liu from the Hockey News covers the Tampa Bay Lightning as the Oilers get ready for Tampa Bay uh, tomorrow. Then we've got Sean Mullen from the uh, WHL Unfiltered and uh, PBR in town, that's uh, Jason Davidson and Connor Halverson from PBR Canada will be with us at 10 o'clock. Before that, here is the Duke with a Sports 1440 update.